I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Let's do this thing. Yo. Really? (laughs) Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. And this is your other host, Mike. Fixing my strings on my pants. Great. Do we have any reviews? I don't know because we have a limited amount of time, so I haven't looked into it. Great. We so have we're to just, just do the episode. We, yeah. Okay, awesome. We'll do listener shout outs another time. <laughs> yeah, well, your sister came over to help us with the kids and then has to leave, so. Yes. I'm sure you may be also still in a weird, you know, weird times here. Weird times with things being shut down, including childcare. So Mike and I are making it work. And I have to say, I think we're doing a pretty darn good job because it turns out the do less principles work. And the one we're talking about today is not really a do less principle. I did talk about it. Actually, yeah. I mean, opening the lines of communication is one of the experiments in the do less experiment. And so this episode is partially about that. But you said something really profound on Mother's Day. Your hair is kind of amazing today. It looks weird. (laughs) No, it doesn't look look weird. I think it looks weird. It's like really um, big. Is that the right word? It is. It's really poofy. I was thinking about I'll put it in a ponytail before. No, I kind of like it. Okay, great. Sorry for those of you. that We understand this is an audio medium and you cannot see my poofy hair. Maybe we should put it in But it looks a little bit like a golden retriever if you're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, imagine it, yeah. my hair as a golden retriever and then that's sort of the look maybe after I the have. podcast i can get you running across the basement and i'll film it and then we'll put that on the show notes i'm probably not gonna do that yeah okay so do you want to share this insight that you had on mother's day or maybe it was the day after about how i'm crushing the pajama game oh the, mike did get me ins- a in- really really beautiful organic pima cotton like it's called it's like an extra long cardigan it goes all the way down to the floor and at first i was like what is this and honestly i've worn it every day and it makes me feel like a queen it's like and it flows behind me as i walk it's from a company called lunya it's pretty fabulous l-u-n-y-a we they are not sponsors of the show though we'd be open to that because i now i have a romper jammy set from them and also you haven't um, worn that yet have you amazing no, it was, it's been too cold, but yeah. I'll, now I'll oh, wear it right. with my extra long cardigan. Yes. Anyway, Mike's been really rocking the luxurious sleepwear category. Kate, ha- we have been watching, you know, This Is Us and Beth from This Is Us always had amazing pajama game. And then Tracy Ellis Ross on Blackish had an amazing pajama game. Yeah. So Kate was like, I really need to, ups- I need to, you know, upscale my pajama game they're both of these women in these shows like their pajamas are incredible and i wish i you know the sourcing information i would love to know where they get them but mike's done a really great job so thanks honey so far it's going pretty well i think valentine was a valentine's day when I no it was christmas to- christmas and i asked now for no it was my birthday it was my birthday yeah your birthday i asked for i wanted silk jammies for my birthday like beth and Bo. And then, and you found great ones. And then you, but then you went over the top and got me also this additional Lunia romper thing. And then for Mother's Day, you added the extra long cardigan, which 
was, I have to say, pushed the envelope. It was a risk and I love it. On the website, it looked fabulous. So I was like, okay. It's, just it's hard it. for short women like me to right. wear long things. So sometimes it's not good. This one is good. It works out good because mm-hmm. it doesn't hit the ground. Because that was the thing I was concerned about is like, it's going to be too long. Yeah, it does not hit yeah. the ground. It barely, it, it almost would. If I didn't, if I had was two inches shorter, it would. Honey, can you stop ripping your pants while we're recording? Well, I got to cut it off anyway. Okay, later. Oh my God. I, All right, just record the episode. I'm a fidgeter. Stop. I'm a fidgeter. Share your insight that you <sighs> had the day after Mother's Day. So now that we've sold pajamas. <laughs> yeah, buy yourself some pajamas. Oh, egg wisdom necklaces. There are 45 left. As of the recording of this episode. Yep. So less by the time you're listening. But if you want one, go to katenorthup.com forward slash egg. Nope, that's not what the website is. Nope, it's not. It's katenorthup.com forward slash necklace. Yes. And head over there. They're gorgeous and so meaningful. There's a lot of layers of meaning. If you follow me on Instagram, at Kate Northrup, I talked about when I showed, well, when I gave it to my mom for Mother's Day, she burst into tears, which is my mom never cries. So that was really special. And when I showed her the design for the first time, which is not when I gifted her her own, but when I showed her the design for the first time, she was like, oh, that looks, that's perfect. It looks just like the Cumulus Ufferus. And I was like, what is the Cumulus Ufferus? <laughs> and she said, it's the cells that surround the egg right before ovulation. And she said the necklace looks like it. And what's so cool about that is that what happened is Sinclair Canali, who was one of our Origin Incubator members last year, designed this necklace with one of her artisans that she works with at her company, Vision Nation, which is an incredible, sustainable, artisan-made goods company. And for whatever reason, some wires got crossed. I don't know. And they designed it instead of what she had intended, which was designing it based on the origin logo. They designed it based on the money love course logo. But the necklace was so perfect. And I loved it so much. I said, oh, Sinclair, like these are amazing. She had gifted the incubator members and one for me. And I said, I want to make these for our community. It's so powerful. And so I loved it. And then when I showed it to my mom and she said, oh, it's the cumulus oophorus. Like it looks just like this moment right before the egg ovulates, I was like, oh my God, you can't, that's unbelievable. And then when I was looking up pictures for the cumulus oophorus to share about this on Instagram, I also found pictures, images of what it looks like when all the sperm are there, like trying to get into the egg and the egg is, you know, deciding which one she's going to let in. And the necklace kind of looks like that too. So it's really this amazing visual representation of our biology that happened totally by accident, but not by accident, because that's egg wisdom. That's what happens when we allow and we trust. And it's just, it's so beautiful. So anyway, katenorthup.com forward slash necklace. It is sustainably sourced 18 karat gold plated. It is plastic free in terms of the packaging. It comes in a beautiful silk bag that is re- a repurposed sari from a company in India that works with women who have survived sex trafficking to work with them to become entrepreneurs. And it's artisan made. Great. Great. All right. So back to Mother's Day. And so I was seeing posts and I see this a lot, right? And I've been thinking, huh, because I have been off Instagram for about three weeks or four weeks now. And I just happened to, I was, I've been selling a lot of things on Facebook Marketplace. So I saw some stuff that was on Mike's Facebook Marketplace. Mike's been making bank. Yeah. I've been, yeah. 
Yeah, I've just been selling, selling everything. everything that's in our basement because, you know, just it's time to clean it out. This is the perfect time to do that. So I was on Facebook and I saw people putting their in between the all the Corona fear of everything that's happening. And then you have Mother's Day post and then like we're all going to die from Corona and then the Mother's Day post and we're all going to die from Corona. So basically, I was looking at all these Mother's Day posts that were being posted and reading them and they were really amazing. And I kept seeing a theme where it's like, I don't know how she does it all. Right. And a lot of times this comes from heterosexual relationships where the man is commenting about his mother. Right. You mean his wife or his wife? Yeah. Sorry. His wife. <laughs> Not his now mother. it's getting creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so basically it's the husband saying to about his wife, like, I don't know how she does it all. So happy Mother's Day and enjoy this special day. And these themes that, uh, that appear, it's like, oh, she does so much. She is everything to this family. She keeps it moving and going. So I had a couple thoughts that came when I was reading this. I'm like, well, that means the dude's not doing shit. So you're calling yourself out that you're not doing a thing, right? So now that could be extreme, right? But basically is what's saying is like, oh, my wife is taking care of everything and I'm just living here. And I was like, okay, so that's one approach. One thought that came into my mind. The second thought was, this is the old paradigm of the expectations that are put on mothers and women in this world that we are currently operating in, which is also known as the patriarchal society. And by us as men saying to our wives, like, oh, you do everything. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a Father's Day post coming from a mother that says like, oh, my God, he does everything. No, it's I don't know how he does it all. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he does it all. It. He's so magical. I've never seen a Father's Day post. But this Father's Day, you can write that for me. That would be amazing. I do know how you do the things you do. I no, see you I'm, do them and it's great. Yeah. But it's not like I don't know how he does it all. I do know how you do the things because you just do them. <laughs> just kidding. I don't need a There's whole. no mystery here. No. So... I just was like, okay, so I brought this up to Kate and I've just been kind of noodling on what that is, you know, and that's what, how this whole thing started. I think that's why we're diving into this. And then I saw this week that was posted in the B-School group. It's like, talk to us about your marriage. Like, what is a concern or things that you want to... One win? of the B-School members. One of the B-School members posted in the B-School group of like 20,000 people was like, let's talk about marriage. Or it was something along the lines of let's... No, it was what's your number one challenge in your marriage? Yes. Okay. Did you see that? You showed it. Oh, I showed it to you. Okay. So I just wrote in one word, kids. That's it. You know, and I had a good laugh about that for myself. I think that's also true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's true. Yeah. So then I st just was reading with other people's comments and it was... This was, I, I'm not, I'm just going to say what I was noticing. Like it was women talking about their guys and it was like, he snores too much. He's not doing enough. He's not this and it's not this, right? And it's blaming the, it's like putting, it's the guy is the issue in the marriage, right? So then I was thinking about like, okay, well, all right, that's interesting. Just to note and read and watch what's happening. And then. Yeah, so these are kind of the the pieces that came up that is leading us into this episode that we're going to talk about today. Well, and then last week's episode, not last week, last week was Egg Wisdom. The week before was about asking for what you want on Mother's Day right. and any day of the year. And we talked a little bit about, at the top of that episode, about the fact that we are one of the only partnerships that we know of where we're 50-50. 
like 50 I mean, ish on any given day, right? And we we shared like, that previously that with Brene Brown. We share and all that the stuff. equal load. Yes, but basically, we are in this together. Yeah. We are taking, you know, we're making sure like, our kids I don't are fed. feel like I do. I I think that a very common narrative in homes is the woman does more of the household stuff. Yes, obviously that's the way it's been for you know for hundreds of years. And so we're coming out of that. But I think a lot of people have, have, you know, are speaking about that. We've made great strides in the workplace, though a long way to go still. And yet we've not kept up in terms of equality measures at home. And right. I think our marriage is different than the norm, which is why we brought it up. And then a conversation was started in one of my groups about emotional labor and the second shift which is basically like you go to work all day and then the second shift is you work your second job, which is taking care of your home and family. And even, you know, I'm sure you've heard this stat before. It's fascinating that like even working mothers who work full time today in 2020 spend more time with their children than stay at home moms in the 50s, (laughs) which I'm like, what were they doing? And I know, listen, there was Plenty they were doing, and like my granny is one of those women, and my both of my grandmothers were. So, you know, shout out to the matriarchs. But it just is like, wow, that's really interesting. And we could have a whole other conversation around how it's a relatively recent development that parenting has become a verb. Like, you used to just be a parent, which is a noun, and now parenting is a verb, which is unique largely I've heard to our generation. Like I remember talking to my mom and she was like, like I didn't read parenting books. Like it didn't occur to me to like learn how to parent, you know? I don't think your parents were reading parenting books. Like they weren't talking about, my dad certainly wasn't. Like it wasn't really a conversation in that generation. Mom, you can fill me in because you're going to listen to this, but I'm pretty sure my parents weren't reading parenting books. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like it's a difference of a generation and I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yes. I'm getting off track. I'm aware of that, but I want to say that an element of this conversation is the fact that I think we have an extraordinarily high standard for what we, meaning myself, Obviously, I cannot speak for all of the people on the planet, but there's this idea and certainly among some of my friends of like what parenting is supposed to be. And that's a relatively new concept before it was just like, keep your kids alive until they can help you on the farm. Really? Yep. And now it's become this whole other thing. Speaking of farms, just a side note, Mike and I watched a beautiful, very short documentary last night put out by Dr. Zach Bush called Farmer's Footprint. Yes. No, it's called Regenerate. Um, no. Anyway, it's on his website. It's on Farmer's Footprint website, yeah. Yeah, farmersfootprint.org. Mm-hmm. And this is his organization that helps to do regenerative farming practices to really counteract the toxic effects of industrial farming on our health and on our food supply and on the planet. And it's really inspiring and beautiful. It's 20 minutes long. And there's a lot of different messages in there that are important. But if you're concerned about your own family's health and the future of the United States and the world, this is a great one to check out. Zach Bush is a positive light 
in what we're going through right now. And I would highly recommend to find he was on the Rich Roll podcast. He was on the Danica Patrick podcast. He he was just on the high wire with Del Big Tree. Yeah, he was on the high wire with Del Big Tree. Just look up Zach Bush MD. Start listening to what he's talking about. I mean, it's the just Rich like, Roll podcast with Zach Bush was like I listened to it right at the beginning of the pandemic. It's been my glimmer of hope. Just that conversation the entire time. Yes, it's so beautiful all these links will be in the show notes so you can go to kaynorthrop.com forward slash podcast and hopefully he'll be on the podcast at some point yeah if you know zach <laughs> once bush, we get child care and we can schedule guests <laughs> yeah <laughs> zach bush if you know him well we're coming for you zach I, bush I, we're coming for you yeah i dm'd him so i think we're good. oh okay yeah oh great i mean not feel, in a weird way feel zach free bush, to introduce coming. us but i think i think we're good did you did he write back yeah oh great oh i didn't tell you no oh yeah oh great yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. We're gonna um, use Kate Northrop. I to, refer to Zach Bush at least once a day. At this yes. Point. It's because it's like I was walking in the woods yesterday because he talks about being in the woods and being with nature and how we're, now we're gonna have a whole conversation about Zach Bush, but basically it just being in the dirt and walking through the loam of this thickness of this dirt and it, you could live in the desert in Arizona, but it's it's the same. It's like getting out into the mother nature, right? It's he talks about breathing your biome, breathing your biome. And so he basically, I was picking it up when I was hiking. I'm like, oh, I'm getting this in my hands. And it's like, and I looked at my fingernails and I had dirt under my hands from touching it. I was like, oh, this is like great. You know, it's like there. But it was, yeah, it was really cool. And I'll leave you one last tidbit of Zach Bush and then we'll get back to what we're talking about. He mentioned on the Danica Patrick podcast, he talked about how, I'm not, I'm going to butcher this, but basically like our body, we're our physical body we might leave Maine and travel to Texas, but for 72 hours, our physical kind of biome and body, and I don't know all the medical terms, like how to talk about this. I need to listen to it again so I actually understand it, is still in Maine for 72 hours until we adjust, right? So if you ever go on vacation, think about you go for five days, you're there, and by day four, you're like dropping into the location you're actually in, and your body and your mind is all catching up to where you currently are, and then all of a sudden you turn around and go home. And so for the next three days after you return home, you're like, oh man, remember that destination? Remember that? And it's because our body actually takes 72 hours to adjust to our I new think environments. It, it has to do with the fact that our microbiome is so interrelated to our external environment. Like it's part of the environment. And so it just takes our microbiome 72 hours yes. to adjust to the new environment we're in. So our microbiome is actually the old environment until 72 hours. And then when we go home, our microbiome is still the microbiome of where we were traveling. Bingo. Got it. Good job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll let Zach Bush explain that. Uh, in the future. We'll talk about that yeah. on the future episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the Kate and Mike show so you don't miss upcoming episodes yeah. with great people. Yeah. We have a couple people in the pipeline that I'm yep, really excited someday about. Someday when we get them on the calendar, yeah. when we have childcare. It's going to be fun. And when it's not 730 a.m. when my sister can come over before <laughs> she goes to work. This is, you know what, folks? Real life. We're doing it. Okay. So you had said about that post, you know, because I, I think like reflecting back to you, you were like, yeah, I saw these posts about like, I don't know how she does it all. And, you know, he, you were just like, there feel, it's like, feels like there's something a little off. And I, and, you know, you were just sort of like feeling into it. And then later on that day, you were like, I know why. It's because it sort of cements and upholds this toxic standard for women that, they're supposed to be doing it all and it celebrates that. And of course, that's completely antithetical to what we talk about here on the Kate and Mike show and in my work with Do Less, right? That mm -hmm. 
this idea that the optimal is that the woman does it all is really toxic and it is literally killing us. So for husbands to post about their wives on Mother's Day, even yeah. though it may feel kind of good in the moment, it's like, oh, I don't know how she does it all. And you might see that and feel acknowledged. It's also like, we'll step the up, you know, like what let's let's stop celebrating a woman who does it all and let's instead help her. <laughs> and no, let's, you're as women get the help we need. And so that's what this episode is about. And it's sort of an extension of that Mother's Day episode because because as somebody had shared with me, we sort of just scratched the surface and and she was wanting to go deeper. And then with all these other posts Mike was seeing, we were just like, yeah, let's go deeper. So I'd like to ask you, Mike, because people will ask me all the time. This does come up like, you know, you and Mike seem to have a really good thing going in terms of like. Like friends will come over and see you going about the house and they'll be like, God, Mike does so much. Like he's so busy. He's always like up to something, which is true about you. Unless you decide to like watch a show in the middle of the day, which I would, you know, which like we both have our things, right? But like you're very industrious. Like even when you're with the girls, when I'm with the girls for like three hours, I try to like read a book and like, you know, zone out on my phone and you're always like you're just like I'm gonna clean out the basement and then I'm gonna hang all these pictures and then I'm gonna like do the dishes and reseed the lawn and you just sort of like bring them with you and it's impressive so that is one thing that I would say like I don't know how you do that <laughs> um, just because we're different yeah but I want to ask you because I never know how to answer the question when people ask me about like how is it that because I think that women ask me this question like how do you and Mike you know share the load as though there's something I did to get you to be that way, right. which is that's a number one question. Hundred times not the case, yeah. except for one thing. But mm -hmm. I want to ask you, how did you get to be this way? And then I'm going to share what the one thing is that I think I could have contributed, which is infinitesimal compared to just who you are as a human. Well, you've contributed to it. Okay, well, let's just tell me. Tell not, me more. I would say it's not in a healthy way. And oh. let me explain. So, <laughs> well, I'm this a, I'm, is going to stop. No, 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 no. It's no. Well, I'm a codependent, right? So I'm a, recovery, a, I'm a recovering codependent. codependent. And my father used to like wait for me to get up in the morning to like go do crap around the house. Like, you know, my parents are very early risers. We're talking like five, five thirty. No, they get four, up at like four to four go to, to be at the gym at so like. So my five. mom, you, you know, she walks with all of her girlfriends, and they would go on walks at like four thirty before she has to leave to go to work. All this stuff, right? So, I was the oldest child, and I'm reading. I, I have a book upstairs I want to read called The Birth Order, and so there's this there was this expectation that I felt that I needed to just like help out more because also my dad traveled a lot so the older i was getting as a kid i started noticing like things needed to be done around the house or whatever and so yeah it was just i think it was instilled from that age of just like doing things my dad would and, and i couldn't stand it like i'm grateful for the skills that i learned during that time but like i just wanted to like play with my friends instead of like cleaning out the car every weekend. Yeah, like you know? what are the sorts of things that he would get you to do? Well, it would be the lawn and then we'd like have to dig it? up trees and then we'd have to lay rocks down and then we'd have to, oh, well, my dad was a little controlling about mowing of the lawn. Oh, you didn't mow the lawn? Yeah, when he traveled, but you oh. know, the lawn is his baby, you know? It's like, 
this goes back to the patriarchal society of men it's like oh we care more about our freaking grass than like is our child fed you know so it's like in our whole neighborhood as this whole running joke Michelle, about lawn mike doesn't actually think no that, that was bill cares more about that, the lawn but no th no <laughs> This is not about my dad in here. I literally believe there is something to be said about that if we started diving deeper into it. Because the obsession that exists around men and their lawn and their lawnmower, it's kind of crazy. It so, is weird. And just for the record, weird. like it's I all do perception. think that everyone's wired differently. Like we have all these family videos, like home videos. And like when you watch them, my dad... And who knows what this is about, but like my dad would take picture, like would videotape the scenery, even when we were at Disney World and like my sister and I are barely in it. And so, <laughs> so it's like, huh, so interesting that the yeah. focus and the attention was on a lawn or like the sky or like vacation scenery. Like I would never videotape. I'm always trying to get as close to our girls faces as possible because I know I want to remember their little faces yeah yeah so anyway yeah i mean some things i might say like my mom you're listening to this it might be triggering or whatever but like just sit with it you know it's like it's not just my personal experience these are things i'm watching in the world right yeah. so basically like yeah my parents they had they have an, an amazing work ethic and that's what i really took away from that from them and it kind of built and sustained that into myself and then also I think because my dad traveled a lot, there was this other dynamic that took place at home that I'm kind of I've been uncovering for the past few years since I've been going to therapy and looking deeper into what that and how that all ties together. And so that just moving along, though, but I always wanted to live. I always knew I wanted to live life differently than what the traditional route was. Right. And so. I would look around and see my neighbors and I knew hustle was a thing. I knew you worked. I knew you would want to make like I wanted to make money. And so I just went into this dire work ethic piece because I always learned. I always was fascinated by studying people that excelled in what they're. But the, I'm curious for you. That's more about achievement. Yeah. You are an amazing contributor at the house. Right. So I'm so getting where that. did that come from? OK, that's sorry. part of achievement. Right. Oh, and so it all ties around because everything changed the way I look at all this when I was sick and you were in bed. We were getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, when I was recovering from my skin illness and the whole sickness. Barely thing, recovering. Yeah. So I was, we were in bed and I just said, you know, oh man, I, I walked to the mailbox today. I can't wait to see what else I can get done tomorrow. And you're like, why don't you go by how you feel versus how much you can get done like how much you can achieve and then i heard talk to brene brown talked to you know she was talking about women then you talk i talked to, to brene brown yeah we're on a regular um, i feel that that will happen at some point yeah i mean who knows but it's like no i've never spoken to brene brown but i was listening to brene brown talk about that men are driven by achievement and women are driven by contribution so i was like oh okay so i started seeing the pictures of it and you think of the status of success right and what that looks like and what like think about what Donald Trump can get away with. Right. But you take somebody else and put them in that place. There's no way like I'm watching the final season of Homeland right now. And the mount that Carrie is she's the main character on Homeland, but is scrutinized. Is she Claire Danes. Yeah. The mount she's scrutinized by and nitpicked by all these other people and put in front of these things. And they're all this. I'm like, if this was a dude 
in the show, like the lead character, none of this stuff would be happening. So I just started thinking about, you know, it, that was really a lot of it was driven by like, I can get this much done. I can, and it was efficient and it was speed. So when I met you, I knew, you know, I, because when we got on this road trip, you were leaving everything in New York city. And I was like, I'm going to take you around and then we're going to everything get taken care of, which you did. I did. And so it was more of this achievement stuff to be like, oh, this is so great. Like, well, let's drive 10 hours. So you were like trying to earn love. Exactly. So all of this has been a search of how to earn love. And in the household, like I like a clean and orderly house, like myself, like I like a clean, I like it organized right now. There's a pile of toys over here. That's that Penelope just like, they just come to the bookshelves and they just take all the books and just throw them on the ground at one time because that's, is fun. And then if you have never tried it, you should try it. It is kind of fun. Just take like 15 of your kids books and just one swipe, they almost end up on the floor and you'll be like, oh, that's fun. But then you got to pick it up. But just like there is a place, especially with Corona, for a couple of days, we didn't clean up anything. We just like the house was going nuts. And then I got to the point where I was like, this chaos is, it, it has to change. I need the order. And so with the household stuff, it just made sense because I've owned a house before. I understand the, with all this work I did with my dad when I was a kid, also it just taught me like how to caretake for a home, right? And my parents like a, they like a nice house and they've taken care of their house. And so it just, and then when I owned my own house in North Carolina and then you know, I always just like to take care of things. And it was another way of kind of seeking love in a way, right? So when it came to the household things, like you can't do everything. I can't do everything. We're choosing. One thing I think that really worked well for us was that we started a business together early on. So we had a dual partnership and we were responsible for funding our own life and versus like one person having a job, et cetera. And so that was kind of what us meshed. But then the what I was talking about with you with the downside of it, that's also kind of, fed into this piece is you're a, a worker too right and so and you have the ability to be on for longer than me it's like this unbelievable you know people we always book video people and they're like oh yeah she can get like th four videos done today i'm like no she'll get like 10 and they're like oh no usually we do like four videos i'm like trust me she's gonna bust out like 10 freaking videos like this is not Right. So I was and then your family is another as well to be around. I remember being with them early on and was like, oh, I the North reps. Yeah. Like yeah. we're investing in this and we got real estate businesses. We got this. We got well, moving they also chicken. Like it's meet like for breakfast at yes, 6 a.m. Right. And then it's like, but they've already worked with their trainer right. and then they already took a hike and like mowed the back right field and like it's so early on. And even in that dynamic, because we were hanging out a lot with your family for a while there. And I noticed, like, I was like, I felt insecure in my own self being around them. Enough. Yes. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. So that's kind well, of I how it all. I think that's why my mom moved to Maine and why Penny moved to, to New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, we're out. <laughs> but it is true. Like, my yeah. mom talked about growing up that Granny, you know, she was one of those women who was, like, clearing the dishes before people were done eating. Like, yeah. never sat down. Yeah. Never sat down. And, you know, and she had, she had six kids. And mm -hmm. she was you know, her husband was a dentist and she was like holding it down. Yeah. Um, and I feel like with the household things, like I had a more, you know, with my brother and my sister and myself, you know, we spent more time with my mom, yeah. you know, growing up than we did with my dad. So there was more of that maternal, is that the right phrase? But like instinct of what it was like to caretake for people. And then I had friends all my whole, like in college, I used to be called grandpa Watts. Right. Like because I would come over and take care of things because we had a house down the street and there was a house of five girls that was down 
the you know down the street from each other and we were all friends and so they would call me to like get things taken care of and you know stuff like that so so basically like if anyone has been wondering how is it that mike is such an amazing contributor this is just who he is and i will say the one small sliver that i contributed which i didn't contribute at all is simply that i saw that and i was like yep like i'll have that please Right. So right. I think that's the other thing is that I dated plenty of other people where at the end of the day, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Like I dated this guy who I don't know, we'd been dating a couple of months or something. And he was really upset with me one day. And he said it was fascinating to me. He said he was really upset because I had never cooked him dinner. Now, this was a long distance relationship. I was living in New York City. He was in Maine. And he was upset because I had never like taken the time to make him a meal, which obviously was something about his love language. And that's great. He had never asked me to do this. And like for me, that just wasn't even on the radar as an important piece of being a woman. Like making a meal was not now, you know, again, I've been talking a little bit on Instagram how I have found this love of Yeah, he missed out, sucker. You spoke too early. (laughs) (laughs) I've been making Mike a lot of really great meals and like I'm having such a good time in the kitchen now, but this is really new, right? And this is like- Yes, because it's not ingrained in your, it's not where you came from because even your whole family, like eating out is the norm. Yes. I mean, my granny, you know, made three meals a day, obviously, for my mom's whole childhood. But then when I was growing up, we always had dinner together as a family. But my parents were both doctors. They both worked all the time and they were not home and they were on call. So we had a full time nanny household manager who made dinner. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously there's like multiple layers to this conversation. There's childhood stuff. There's emotional stuff. There's privilege stuff. But I'm just telling you the facts, which is that somebody else made dinner every night. And so for me growing up, it was not ingrained like to be a good woman and a good wife, you need to put dinner on the table. Like that's not what I saw. So it wasn't on my radar. Now it has been a little bit. I have felt like a little bit, I will say, I love the fact that I am enjoying putting dinner on the table. I love the fact that I'm doing it. I love the fact that I'm doing it well. I actually really love living into this part of myself, but it wasn't like I thought I sucked as a wife beforehand. Right. I was making sure dinner happened. It just wasn't like well, joyful. Yeah, because I was for a while there, I was cooking the meals and then we were bouncing back. And then, yeah, well, there was a lot of things happening. When you were sick after you yeah. started to get a little bit better... And you weren't able to work and do many yeah, and much cooked, else. Yeah. I said, can you just handle the dinner, dinner stuff? Yeah. And that was great for a and while. And we've had the element of kind of bouncing back and forth, but it's not been And like, we've had some help in this area too. Like yeah. for a while we had some other people cooking for us. And like, so, so like it's a dance, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to really ask you about like where you thought this came from for you, because I don't think you are an outlier and listen, this episode has a lot of generalizations. So we can That's really correct. only talk about our relationship specifically and what we see amongst our friends and on the internet. But what I yep. see out there is that it is more common for the woman to feel like she is holding more of the emotional and logistical load of caring for a home and caring for children. Yes. 
And so let's just talk about real quick, just because I like specifics and I think it's helpful for people. If you want to talk about now, it's a little bit different right now during Corona and like because our support structures aren't as available. So but in general, I'll just talk about like kind of the things that I hold and then you can talk about the things that you hold. Well, before we dive into that, I mean, it's pattering, right? So all a lot of this is patter, patter, patterning, pattern. Yeah, that word pattern, patterning. But even this, right? Like. We've had comments that have come in and reviews about Kate correcting me. You just and asked. people, no, I know this, but w- let's talk about this because I feel like this goes right into our conversation. We brought this up previously. We've had this conversation off the record, off the record. I always wanted to say that. Uh, <laughs> this is off the record. Now we're going to put it on the record about the comments that have come in to be like, oh, Kate needs to stop correcting Mike or interrupting. Because it's emasculating. It, exactly. Right. And so you said something to me one day that said like, you know what? I think this is upsetting some listeners because it's weird to have a woman correcting a man and doing it in a way that we are doing it, right? And that's, I think that's what makes our relationship in a way beautiful because we don't let each other get away with BS, you know? And so it's not that we're mean to each other, but there is a place that we have i we both have high expectations for each person you know right it's like i want you to show up and then you want me to show up in in a way that's you know fulfilling yeah. to our life no it's true but back to before we get to i also i wanted to just close the loop on like me telling that story of that guy yes. i also when i went to your apartment for the first time in arizona your towels were folded in the bathroom like a hotel and in your kitchen, you had your peanut butter all taken out of the jar and pre-mixed because you got the organic stuff. So pre-mixed so that the oil wasn't separated and it was all ready to go. And he had in one Tupperware container and then in a second Tupperware container, he had carrot sticks pre-chopped. And I was like, who is this guy? Like I, you know, having been to. This var- was not done for Kate. A this variety is, yeah. of men's apartments, not like a ton, but, you know, like a few. Yep. <laughs> That was not necessarily like the norm. And I was impressed. And it definitely made me feel like you were potentially marriage material. And so that's the other piece. And it's not to say like, oh, if you're married to somebody or if you're living with somebody or partnered with somebody who doesn't show up, I'm not saying like you're with the wrong person. But I am saying there is an element of calling people to a higher standard, like There are so many layers and I don't want to shame anyone. I don't want to make you feel like this is your fault in any way. This is a cultural issue Mm -hmm. that we need to work on together about creating more equity at home and allowing for a man to feel great about his ability to nurture. I mean, I think that's really at the core of this conversation is that the qualities that are usually associated with women are not seen as powerful and as important as the qualities usually associated with men, which are kind of that masculine feminine energy that we talk about, which P.S. all of us have, right? And so I think for you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like you seem really proud of how amazing you are as a dad and as a nurturer at home and like that you do the dishes and like, you know, just Like, that's part of who you are as your identity. And I know that there's a background of it, like being Mm -hmm. part of codependence and trying to earn love. But that's also part of who you are is, you know, I remember asking you when we were on our road trip, 
what are you most passionate about? And you said, I'm passionate about doing what needs to be done. That's what I should put in my love thing for Ra. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. You really do. You see what's in front of you and then you do the thing that needs to be done. And when I was sort of, you know, out there having my husband picker turned on, I was like, that looks really good. Because I will say, growing up, without getting into too many details in my family, this was not the case. I was pretty sure I wanted something different because my parents' marriage didn't end up working out. It did for 24 years and then it didn't. And yeah, so I was pretty conscious about like who, it wasn't just like, oh, let me fall in love with somebody and anyone will do. It was like, I'm finding somebody to create a life that I really want to live with. And I was really looking at logistical things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I had a spreadsheet out or anything, but all this, all of it contributed that Mike was like really good with, you know, just with handling things. So like I just felt held and that's what I had always wanted. That's amazing. You know, and, and it's from the fact that you do the dishes to the fact that like, you know, you, I don't know, like call the fix it man for the thing. I don't know. It's just like all of those things. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Thank you. But it's also recognizing how much of so there's a there's a piece that's the downside to this as well, thinking that everything has to be done by myself, right? Or that I have to do everything. Right. Last summer I sold the lawnmower. I will never mow a lawn. I can't say never. My intention is to never mow the grass ever again. And like our grass is pretty long right now outside. And I texted the guy that mows the grass and I said, when are you planning on coming? I just want to, we're like, there's a lot of things happening right now. So I just wanted to check. And he's like, next Wednesday. I was like, wow, this sucker is going to be long by next Wednesday. Isn't that good for the lawn? Yeah, it's great. So I just, which is fine. I don't I have am, a problem with it. But Mike it, is much more lawn focused than I am. Well, <laughs> just I notice it when we walk outside. This is one of the things this you is, handle. Yeah. So it's the, but it's just, it's letting go of these things that I don't really care about. And so this can be really hard and it has been hard for myself in a way, but now I'm getting much better at it. This is what you have been really good at. You're just like, I'm not into that. I'm out. You know, you're just like, I'm not going to do it. It's how I was raised. Right. So for me, I've had to learn how to do that over time. What's happening. I feel like now we can give helpful suggestions to like, at the end of this, we'll wrap this up with some helpful suggestions. But like, I think what we're experiencing right now is this because it's just like even our friend texted us yesterday. Have you guys been watching The Last Dance? For those you don't know, it's this 10 part documentary on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. I, of course, thought it was a show about dancing. And I was very interested until I saw something about a Chicago Bulls jersey. And I was like, yep, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it would be interesting. Like, we haven't watched sports documentaries. I think it would be fun to watch a sports documentary with you. I mean, Um, I like those inspirational sports movies. Yeah, like I th- that's what these are. They're just documentaries based on. So, but I just was thinking about this when our friend texted this about the Michael Jordan deal to be like, Michael Jordan was a giant hero of mine growing up. And I think this is a great place to bring back in Brene Brown and what she's talked about and where we are in the world right now. Our great right? Brene. Our great Brene. I called her last night on, our, on the dude's call I was on. I called it Goddess Brene. She's like the goddess. So Michael Jordan was an incredible basketball player of his time, the best ever could be, you know, the best NBA basketball player ever. He was also not a nice person, right? He wasn't a nice person to his teammates. 
I've read books about this. I've read articles. I've watched documentaries. He wasn't a nice person to people. I've had wait staff that were friends of mine in North Carolina that waited on him. He was not a nice person to them, you know, like in person, right? So there's both sides. And I think that's the place of where we are in the world. So he's considered a hero on some side and he's considered not a nice person on the other side. And I even think with Corona time, with all of this stuff that's being portrayed in, in the news right now, it's like there is both sides here and where it's uncomfortable is to be in the middle, to be like, man, I'm really a big fan of Michael Jordan, but I also know all of this darkness of him. Right. And I don't know him personally. These are written books written by other people and things. It's like, is this true? This could be true. Okay, so be in the middle of this. So I think with what we're experiencing right now and going through is having, because there's been this badge of honor around men and working. It's like, you go make the money and I stayed home with the kids, you know, in the, in the relationships, kind of what we're talking about on this, man, let's say man, woman relationship. Like, it's like the woman takes care of the household and runs the household and the guy goes and works. Taking care of kids all day is freaking intense work and like it is intense and running a household and being in charge of the household it is the hardest shit when i go to the office right now it feels like i'm going to it's vacation yeah it's my break yes going to your to the office is a break yes so this idea that we didn't value and this is what andrew yang brought up a lot when he was running for president long live andrew yang but he maybe he'll be back maybe he, I mean, anyways, we're not going to go yeah, into no, that. That's uh, not today's episode. So, but Andrew Yang talked about adding value to the tasks and the occupations that are considered dispense, like not dispensable, but like not valued, like a stay-at-home parent. Well, it's the invisible work. Yes, the invisible work. So this is like not considered value because there's not a monetary contribution right, to because it because our culture is screwed up that is correct so it could be taken the other way that like a mother that's staying home with three kids and their husband's making a hundred thousand dollars a year that she is actually supporting the entire trajectory of this man making hundred. well it's all the unpaid labor that right. is the bedrock of our Country. economy yes right like if yes. there weren't all the caregivers yes unpaid everything would collapse because the whole reason companies work or have historically is because the vast majority of the people running them have somebody at home running their life. Right. So when it comes back to being a dude in this situation and a lot of experiences that I feel like your friends have brought up or have seen, they grew up in this environment where it was one way. Like, they grew up in the environment where like the mom might have stayed at home and the dad went to work or one parent stayed home. And so that's kind of the normal that they know. And we just fall back into these patterns where you also weren't required. You know, I don't know, like you can't dive into people's childhoods a lot in this. Right. And I don't want to do that. But I feel like we are watching and then guys, we're not sitting around for the most part talking about home structure. Which is so funny because it's like right. so much of what we talk about as women. It's right. like who's doing what and how is it all working? So I do want to say if you're looking for a relationship or you're in a relationship and you want a more equitable relationship where you are sharing the load with someone, I am not the world's leading expert on this because I chose a guy who came this way. I will just say. That's correct. And... 
I did look around at what was available ahead of time. And I had high standards. Me too. Same thing. We get what we tolerate. And so I just want to put that out there that, yes, the culture is screwed up. Yes, we have toxic patriarchy. Yes, we have toxic masculinity. Yes, the history, all of that. If we want to change it, it needs to change in individual households. That's the only way it will change. Mm -hmm. And yes, men need to step up and take responsibility for the change. And as women, our job, I think, is to stop tolerating what doesn't work for us. If there's something going on in our marriage that's not working for me, I say something. One of the great things about you, Mike, is how direct you are. And so over the last 10 years- Or I lie about it. What? Or I lie about it. You know, it's like I don't, there's directness as well, but then there's also the covering up where it's easier to just like, I'm not really lying. You know, you know how sometimes I, you said this about I embellish things in a way, or it's like I always figure out a way to circumvent the truth in an environment because I was never, I never felt comfortable telling the oh. truth. Okay. That's a bit of a tangent. Let me finish my okay. thought. Okay. Got it. <laughs> you are a very direct person. Yes. Generally speaking. Yeah. And so it's taught me that it's safe in the moment when something's off that I can speak up and say something about it. Because I was not raised in a household where people actually talked about things in real time. Right. Like if something somebody hurt your feelings, you just didn't say anything. Yeah. Versus like in our marriage, if you say something that makes me mad, I say so immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's been an incredible area of growth for me. So that's a great gift that you've given me. And so if something's off, I say something. And I think that a lot of the times we, again, this comes back to asking for what you want. We don't believe as women that we deserve having what we want because of the internalized patriarchy of believing that we are just not worthy, that we are not as valuable. That is in the water. That is in the water. Like, yes, hotels are designed for businessmen. Like when you go, I will, you know, I'm just going to bring up the example again of when I walked into the wing in Boston for the first time, which, you know, I hope that they're able to go back into business at some point in the future. It made me so sad when I heard, you know, they had to, anyway. Um, something will. Something will happen, I'm sure. When I walked into the wing for the first time, which is really mm -hmm. like one of the only space public, you know, big public spaces I've ever been to that was designed for women by women and for and by non-binary people, I was like, I started to cry. Like it was such an incredible feeling. And it made me realize I live in a world that's largely designed by people who aren't thinking about me. And I can only imagine what this is like for a trans person, you know, for a person of color in so many different areas. You know, it's a small slice of that for me as a woman. And so I want you to know, listening, like if you have trouble standing up for what you want and what you deserve, you come by that honestly and it's not something wrong with you. Mm -mm. It's something wrong with the culture. And I'm going to give another shout out to Dr. Valerie Rain, who we will have on at some point, read Patriarchy Stress Disorder and begin to do some of those nervous system healing techniques because it is amazing when you learn how to signal safety in your body and you're no longer in a state of a trauma response, how you can think straight and actually ask for what you want from a place of wholeness as opposed to from a place of trauma and a trauma response. So anyway, 
we get what we tolerate. It's definitely up to our partners to step up. It's also up to us to ask them to. Because there's no expecting somebody to know what you want when they've also been swimming in the same toxic water that you have, which is, you know, this inherited unconscious bias belief that women are supposed to just handle it all at home. If they were swimming in that water and you were swimming in that water, like you both have to decide to get out of the water. And so you can invite him out of the water or her. He can invite you out of the water But it's up to us to do something about it because complaining to your girlfriends is not going to change your marriage. No, I will never forget. I was in Richmond, Virginia after a speaking gig and I was eating a meal before heading to the airport and I'm at this restaurant outside and there's six women sitting there and the whole time they're talking about the issues with their partners. And all I wanted to do was stand up and walk over and be like, listen, you are not going to fix your marriage. Like, now, it the is, discussion. It is now, therapeutic to talk about. Right. But it's like, what's the, it, you know, for me, when I hear things like this, it is, you need, but it, it wasn't in a place that you're getting, it was just like, complain, 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 complain. You're circling around complaining. And then it's like, okay, let's go. Bye. And right. So now granted, this happens with men do this as well. Right. And so, Having these deep, these conversations usually is helpful with like a third party, like having like a therapist. Yeah. Or somebody oh, my God. Like, get a therapist. So for the love of God. <laughs> yes, because we're not going to. And what happens is this is an ego trip for men, right? It's men's egos are being attacked is not the right word, but men's egos are being challenged more right now than ever before because, oh, it's Corona times. You have to stay at home. Now you're at home with your family. Now you're at home with your wife. Now you're at home, period. You're at home. And the comfort could have been traveling. It could have been going to work. And it's... it's Slash the escape. The escape, right? And so now the ego is... It's all falling right now, right? So with all... And it's all being to say, oh, now I'm failing in my marriage. I have to go see a therapist. Because seeing a therapist for me was failure, right? It's like not reality but my thought was if i am i'm failing to not seek somebody else out for help and so it was and it's not just me right this is the midwest oh. culture where we bury it's things it's not we take even care just the these. midwest it's incredibly it's, common it's I mean, remember the, the episode of this is us with sterling yes. k brown yes he wouldn't go see a therapist it was right. so obvious that he needed yes. it yes <laughs> because it's it hits it's very vulnerable to ask for help and asking for help in this, especially from like a guy perspective where you're supposed to take care of everything. Because what do we see? We see Navy SEALs are the heroes and their badge of honors. We see somebody like Joe Rogan, the number one podcast in the world, is this MMA fighter that's like bald and muscular. And he has all these people on there and he talks like, yeah, like this is it. You know, you see David Goggins blew up this Navy SEAL runner. It's like, you got to run harder. You got to do it better. You know, and it's like, this is what it is. It's like, as a man, this is what you're seeing is what is quote unquote excellence. But like, is David Goggins changing diapers? I don't even David Goggins has kids. I don't know. But like, oh, I don't see David. I see him running a mile, a 24 hour race, but he's not changing diapers because changing diapers is soft. You know, when Kobe Bryant passed away, it's like, hashtag girl dad like all these people all of a sudden are like recognizing like oh the value of having daughters right daughters were used to they were in some cultures have been killed because they're not a son and they still are right like 
the abuse of that. I just ordered a shirt. Hashtag girl dead. Yo. <laughs> and it's like a sweatshirt from that phenomenal, the, where I got your oh, phenomenal mother phenomenal, shirt. Oh, Mike got me. Yes, this amazing phenomenal mother shirt for a t-shirt so, for Mother's Day. And it's just like, it's where we've put the value. So add there's this, all these unmet expectations where women are doing it all and mothers, you're doing it all. And I don't know how you do it. With men, it's like to even shift to doing 10% more is like a form of weakness. Or it's a form of like mm, letting it down right. or it's a form of this. So especially when your partners come into play and, but it is, it's like, if I want you, like, if I'm not happy with something that you're doing and it irritates me, me sitting around stewing about it for two months, three months, be like, oh my God, Kate, oh my God, Marcus, can you tell Kate's doing this? It's like, that is not helpful for anyone right. in this dynamic. Now, when I have brought up stuff that's going on with us, if I'm not like if it's if if I'm just like if you say something like I'll immediately like say something back like you can't talk to me that way or we right. whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah. happens incredibly rarely. <laughs> but and it's made me better at other relationships in my life to be able to step up and say something right away, which is like really awesome. But sometimes there's like a bigger thing going on and like i do need to marinate on it a little bit and i may need to talk to a girlfriend mm -hmm. about it yes but that conversation you know of course i hang out with like all these you know personal growth people so like it's always from the perspective of okay this is going on how can we make it better like and and not from the perspective of fixing but from the perspective of like how can we relieve some of this tension for you? Right, so I'm correct. never sitting around with my girlfriends just complaining. It's always a constructive conversation about like, this is going on. Here's maybe how you could have the conversation or have you thought about this or have you thought about that? So we're not saying that's not, I mean, of course, like by all means, but no, and some of the best, you know, advice I've gotten from a girlfriend is like, if I'm having a hard time and she'll write back, have you talked to Mike about that? And it's like, Oh, no, you know, right. maybe There's I should bring it up. There's value in talking to other people. Of so we're not saying don't do like it's yes. Now, if you are wanting to bring something up and ask for more support, now is an incredible time to do it because everything is up for change. Everything yes. is available to be shifted. You, yes. Is there something you have to say? Go ahead. And so I'm just agreeing with you. Okay, great. So right now we are reevaluating our health, our work, schools, child rearing, restaurants, the economy, the way the government works, travel, literally everything. And so now is a great time to be reevaluating how you do things at home. So I really, Mike and I have started to have the conversation about what are we taking from this experience as things begin to open up a little bit, you know, here and there, what are we taking from this experience and what are we leaving in this experience? What do we want more of and what do we want less of as we reinvent our lives after this? And so it's a really great time to be looking at your relationship and sharing the load and what's going on at home. And actually what we did a while back, Mike kept making sideways comments about him doing more. Like, I don't remember exactly how you were doing it, but it happened over and over and over again where you were quote unquote joking. Yeah. And I was like, you're obviously irritated. We need to have a conversation. So what we did is we took out pieces of paper and we wrote down everything that needs to happen in our life from the category of the home to the category of our children to the category of our finances to the category of our business and we wrote it all down 
And then we just literally went through item by item, like pediatrician appointments, children's clothing, dinner, pick up and drop off, making lunches, planning vacations, booking travel, entering expenses into YNAB for, you know, our business, you know, all of those things. And we just decided who was going to do it, if it was going to be me, if it was going to be Mike, or if it was something we were going to outsource. And so we just went through and made a list. And Tracy Duru, uh, sorry, that's not Tracy Duru. Tracy Duru is a wonderful copywriter, but her name is Tiffany Dufu, is an amazing writer who wrote Drop the Ball. And she talks about a master... I hadn't read this book when Mike and I did this, but it was cool because she talks about a very similar system where she has in her marriage a spreadsheet that they call Mel. I can't remember what it stands for, but they just like have everything there and and they need to reevaluate. And now is a really great time to list out everything that needs to happen and to look at who's doing it now and then who would be doing it moving forward. And you might be surprised because the other thing, she gave a great example of thinking that her husband wasn't doing enough. And yet when they made the spreadsheet, he was doing all these things that she just never even thought about because he did them and they were invisible. Just like you do all these things that your partner may not know you do because you just do them and he or she doesn't notice. Same thing. Like there are things that Mike does that I don't even think about. And Mm -hmm. if we wrote it all down, I would be like, wow, yeah, that too. I forgot that that even needs to happen. Yeah. Right. And And so it's so helpful to get it out on paper and to see it in 2020, like in black and white. Here's what we need to do. Here's who's going to do what. And here's how we're going to make this work and then reevaluate quarterly because your kids are going to get older. They can start to be on the spreadsheet of who's going to be doing things. And then seasons will change. You know, Mike and I are in a transition point in our business, for example. But imagine trying to run your business where no one ever had a conversation about whose job was what and what the roles and responsibilities were. It would be chaos. So how could you possibly run your life without ever having had an explicit conversation about who was going to do what? It's ridiculous. And of course, it leads to heartache and chaos and one person feeling like they are taking on an unfair share when we've all been, you know, brainwashed to believe that women are supposed to do it all. Yes. Anyway. Okay. So I would I agree with everything you said there. And I think it's the piece of. There's a lot of conversation here about when things return to normal. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. We are never going back to the way that things were. Thank God. The way, yes, it is. All the walls are falling. They are not being built. They are falling around all of these industries. We are, the stock market has been on this upward rise that's been all over the place recently, but there's more people on unemployment. It's fake, right? They gave $3 trillion or $2 trillion bailout, which raised this up. And this is all going to come crumbling down soon. Right. And it's going to be all the money being infused into the economy is pretend. It's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid on the system to collapse. And so we think we can keep putting Band-Aids on Band-Aids and Band-Aids and eventually it's going to stop. So with our households, similar to the medical industry, a great way to look a great. Yes, it's like it is. I mean, we know doctors, they their salaries have been cut in 10 percent. They've laid off a hospital, other hospital workers. But the the story is the hospitals are overwhelmed or they're being over. Right. So it's like what happens is, is to think this back to your house, like where you live in your family, what has been band-aided for a while 
and what is slowly being ripped apart. And we are at a place now where we're stuck at home for a lot of, yes, there's the economy and workplaces are getting back up and running, but like you sort want- of. In, yeah, not Amazing. every place is the same, but like things are happening again. People are out and about, they're moving, right? Work has started up. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow, things like I that. I got a haircut last you Friday. You got a haircut. And so it's to start from that foundation. And this is going to require some work and there's going to be resistance maybe on one side or on two sides, but you have to be a person that keeps bringing this. You have to be a persistent pain in the butt. Because if you're not happy with what's actually taking place right now, you either have to, and I had, I had, so this is, I'm not giving relationship advice, but this is what I worked with some, we've had some friends that have had some partners that have not shown up and they're not showing up in the way that this person would like them to show up. And I said, listen, pick a date six months from now, three months from now, you don't have to tell them, but you just have to say, I'm going to make a decision one way or the other three months from now actually penny gave me that advice with you yes i remember and <laughs> not because you weren't showing up right it was about you feeling like, i was having a panic yeah so it's like three months from now if nothing has changed then do the thing that you actually want that like leave like in this situation it was like leave the relationship i'm not saying you need to leave your relationship but you have to make a decision where you can't be unhappy with what's going on right now. And with 2020 moving forward into 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, the Galactic Federation says that this chaos is going to last for four years, right? So think about from 2020, I just said Galactic Federation on this, right? We've talked to, about them yeah, before. <laughs> to 2024 is where this chaos is going to last for four years. I say we're running a marathon. We're still in mile one. Right. So it's like, look at this from a perspective to rebuild what has already been built. Like your house collapsed. You're rebuilding your foundation. foundation. Your foundation is strong. It's there. There might be some cracks in it. Right now is the time to get those cracks filled in. Right. And so with this, you can build it up. So let's give a couple helpful tips. Yeah. We've given a lot throughout here, but let's kind of summarize everything. Yeah. Up. So do the spreadsheet. Yes. Have a meeting. Do the spreadsheet, Weekly. write down everything. Well, the big one would be the meeting where you write down everything yes. that, you know, that is going to be handled and, and somebody decides to do it. Right. But then on a week, then on a, on weekly, a weekly basis, basis have yep. a check in meeting where you are looking at the calendar. We've talked about this a lot, but where you're looking at the calendar and saying, OK, who's doing what, when and who's handling what, when? Because that way it's not just the default that the woman is handling all the things with the kids. Now, right now is an unusual situation, which is perfect because we've already had our core routines shaken up. And so in many couples, I know they're doing 50-50 childcare working. Yep. But that's new. So that's why this is the perfect time because oftentimes right now, the partner who was less involved is now more involved than they've ever been mm -hmm. and is going to be more in a place of empathy and compassion for the home householder caregiving role than they ever would have been at another time. So it's the perfect time to renegotiate. So and Twitter just announced yesterday that they are giving the option for all of their 5000 employees to work from home forever. Wow. We're going to be seeing more of this. Yes. So it's everything's everything's up for for change right now. Have a weekly meeting. We are even having that weekly meeting, Mike and I. Even during this time when we both know, you know, we're home, we're still talking about who's doing what, when, 
when are you going to the office? When am I going to the office? Who's with the kids? What's happening? Mm -hmm. You know, all of that. So we it's do that. It's moved to daily, actually. Yeah, we do it weekly, but we're also doing on micro daily just yep. because like, I don't know, things are harder right now. Yep. So definitely do that. When you are wanting to ask for something, I believe it's really, yes, having like a global conversation about sharing the load is really important, but also, I think that like asking somebody to revolutionize their whole way of being all at the same time <laughs> is a lot. lot versus like, let's start with this. Not that you need to handhold them or like baby them or whatever, but I just, you know, there's a ten tendency to have a total meltdown and be like, this isn't working. Everything needs to change versus like, hey, like when Mike was sick and I was on the verge of losing it, I was like can you just handle dinner? Like, can we right. start there? That was helpful versus like, I'm having a complete and total meltdown. You're sick. Like, I can't, I don't know exactly. Well, it's but like, you're not going to run a five mile race when you haven't run in five years. Right. Right. So, so it, yeah. it's saying, okay, today I'm going to run a hundred meters and then 200 meters and 300 meters. It's the same concept that you bring to if you, let's say in this example would be Kate, if Kate's taking care of 90% of the household things when the kids, and then we sit down and have this meeting to be like, okay, I need you to take 50% of this stuff off my plate. It's like, whoa, baby, like let's back up a second. Right. So it's small steps along the way. And that's not to say that somebody, once they see the spreadsheet, couldn't be like, wow, this is really unequal. Yes. I'm gonna step in and do 50%. Like I wanna really expect the best of yes. men and partners to say like, once they see it to do the right thing. So that's what we recommend is the spreadsheet, the weekly meeting, and absolutely having the conversations to say, this isn't working for me. This needs to change. I mean, we've had multiple conversations over our 10 years of being together of like, if this doesn't shift, this isn't going to work for me, both right. of us for yep. a variety of reasons not about the dishes but like for us we have other things right <laughs> um, and so i just want us all to know that like having amazing 50 50 you know fair play equitable partnerships is totally possible and we all just have to jump out of the toxic water we've been swimming in and decide to create a new reality and there has never been a better time to question everything than right yes. now so now is your time. If you were ever going to create the partnership of your dreams, it is now. So go out there, have the conversations, make the spreadsheets, have the weekly check-ins. You can do this. Do it from a place of love, compassion, pleasure, and have fun with it because this is about inventing what we want. This isn't about like, oh, you suck and you've been failing Correct. me for 10 years. This is about like, let's create what we want together. But the last thing too is like, this is just for the dudes listening is, you know, people, one of the questions I always get asked when I'm being interviewed by people is like, did you start doing like this personal growth work before you met Kate? It was like, she's the one that got you into it. And it's like, no, I started doing it. Number one was like to pick up women. And number two was to, to make like money. make money. Like, that's why I started. I noticed the more I learned about personal growth, the more money I would make. And, and also women were really into this. So I thought it was a good thing to do. So with guys out there, too, it's like we have not had to, especially white men. We don't have to improve. We don't have to get better because we can get away now with whatever do. we do. Now we have to. 
now is the time where we start to learn about ourselves. We're starting to realize like we can't get away with the crap that we used to get away with. Like I'm listening to this whole episode. It's a nine part series on the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton trial saga, the whole thing that went down when he was president and realizing the framework of Bill Clinton and what happened when he was a president is what's allowing Donald Trump to operate as Donald Trump. And I was like, wow, thinking about that, that not much has changed in the last 20 years from that standpoint. A lot's changed, but also not because these, as men, we can still get away with these type of things, right? So it's okay to be vulnerable, to experience hardship, to have a group of guys to be like, this is tough. Like, this is what I'm going through. And for me, what's been very helpful from this and what I've seen recently is I work with an organization in Maine called Maine Boys to Men. And I know a lot of these men groups are religious based, right? It's why are you I laughing? I just can't the like, name hear that without like, being like, I'll make love, love to you. you. If you want me to, it's unrelated. I know to the boy to the boy yeah. band, but it's so it's like finding a men's group that has commonality, and it doesn't mean that it has to be like a lot of these. As I said, are religious organization based, and you can find other places that are not. And I feel like that's where guys, it's okay to go that direction. It's okay to ask for help, and it's okay to start showing up in a different way. And your our partners want that, right? In these relationship dynamics, we want to be with somebody who wants to actually be there, right? To be a part of what we're going through and to work together as a system to have success all the way around, like a family success, relationship success, like all of those dynamics take place and to have grace for each other in this process. Thanks for listening, folks. Sorry about the closet construction noises. <laughs> Get out there and create your dream partnership. Talk to you next week. Do you identify as an overachiever, overfunctioner, or a workaholic? I have something for you. There is a very simple, remarkably quick weekly planning ritual that will unhook you from the habitual patterns of overdoing without sacrificing your results. So if you want to feel more relaxed and still get amazing results, then head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash list for your free do less weekly planning ritual guide. katenorthrup.com forward slash list.